Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Feel like a Wednesday? A little bit. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you uh, spending some of that period of time with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this on this, the first day of June. Worst month on the sports calendar? Uh, Longest month on the sports July. calendar? July. Football, Trent? No, there's not. Yep. Nope. Media days? NFL camps are open? Not July. I'm going to all star game in June, July. Right, but the that means one all star game. We also have two days without any sports, and that's what makes July the worst for me. Yeah, there is the home run derby, <laughs> the ESPYS. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, those are tough. Yeah, those are tough. Let's uh, hope we get a good thirty for thirty. Did the American Gladiators suck you in? No, God, I don't know what is it? I don't... American Gladiators was a syndicated show back in the... Oh, I remember that yeah, show. late yeah, 80s, yeah, early yeah, 90s. Yep, I remember now what you're talking about. It's on the DVR, haven't clicked play yet, but it You've is got them my... taped from the 90s? No, 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 the 30 for 30 that they just did. Oh, no. On no, the American no, Gladiators. I'm out, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, not uh, for There you. is a Barry Bonds piece being put together by someone. See, I'd rather watch American Gladiators. You really would? Yeah. Huh. Barry Bonds... What is it about the Gladiators that uh, got cut your fancy? Well, it was just the time period wasn't a whole lot going on. It was something sports adjacent at minimum. And these are the guys that did obstacle courses? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And got yeah. shot paintballs at them or something? <laughs> yes, I yes. remember that show. Blaze, Nitro. I don't remember that part. Yeah, those were all the names of the gladiators. They had okay. wild names and they were all roided up and it was entertaining. They were all roided up? Oh, absolutely. Huh. Those dudes were yoked. I wonder how, sadly, how many of those dudes are still with us. Yeah. Right? I wonder, yeah. Interesting. Well, you have to watch the 30 for 30. I'm sure they'll tell you. <laughs> I don't know if, it, if it's going to get that bad. No. I'll probably plug in some swamp people. Swamp people. Shoot them. Shoot them. Oh, it's a great show. Is anyway. it still, still the, the dad and the boy? Are they still together? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. Uh, no. That Troy, the dad. Troy, yeah. And the granddaughter? Oh, okay. Is her name Pickles? <laughs> I bet it is. I think it is. Troy and Pickles out Troy there. Troy and Pickles. He's teaching her the ropes. Oh, yeah? How's Pickles on the boat? You know, let's save this for the day after the All-Star <laughs> game. A deep breakdown of swamp people. <laughs> She's actually pretty good. Troy taught her well. Troy yeah. taught her well. Caught a 12-footer the other day. They were very pumped. What up. a riveting start here today. Uh, indeed. Well, we got basketball tonight. Here's the BMW Des Moines guest list as we started to say. David Eicholt is going to join us in 20 minutes. Iowa has an interim athletic director, August the 1st, uh, she begins. So that kind of eliminates uh, her. I know some of the uh, Hawkeye media was hoping that the uh, person would be in place um, by football media day so they could you know, have some yeah, time. That, I don't think that was a realistic uh, Probably not realistic, no. right? Uh, and obviously not now because she doesn't even start as the interim until August the 1st. Uh, so they're going through that process. But we're going to talk to David Eicholt about that, Hawkeye-related topics. Of course, the baseball uh, front and center. Uh, he's coming up at 11.25. Another Hawk, uh, Bobby Hansen uh, at 11.45, but not on Iowa. Well, maybe some other basketball. But obviously, Bobby's uh, NBA career, and he is going to help Trent and I um, t- talk about this NBA playoff 
finals that get underway tonight. ABC has the uh, has the remainder uh, of the playoff series. Uh, we'll talk to Bobby Hansen about Denver and Miami um, coming up at eleven forty five. Bill Bender's going to catch us up uh, when all of the comings and goings and rumors and uh, when in college football when he joins us at twelve oh five. And then uh, Matt Poston's on the Big 12 uh, is they, I think, who knows? Is Colorado really close? Do you get that sense? Any closer than they have been for the last months? They've been rumored to be one foot out the door. Are they reaching for the doorknob to close that door as they leave that? uh, I don't think, I think they're still waiting to see what what the offer is going to be from the Pac-12, how much Mm -hmm. money it's going to be. The one caveat I would say, and and look, Deion Sanders, was I was not in the room with him. But apparently, he wants to go to the Big 12 because he thinks that that is a better avenue to the state of Texas. Because they're going to play Baylor mm-hmm. and TCU and Texas Tech and Houston. Um, I almost forgot about Houston. They are members of that they conference they are. now. Uh, and he believes that that is an easier path uh, to recruiting in the state of Texas. So he had to sign off on it if you believe what you want to believe. Uh, we'll see. So, anyways, uh, that's Pat Poston's and then Treads Plays of the Day uh, coming up at Circus Sports. How was your day yesterday, gambling-wise? We went one and one, but we had plus money on the Angels yesterday, plus 125. So, another profitable day for us as we keep stacking them up off to a good start in golf and raring to go on another weekend of watching the Memorial. Looking forward to that. Love Jack's tournament. It's uh, yeah. Always a fun one to flip mm-hmm. on there if there isn't much going on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. So that'll be part of certainly the weekend viewing for me a little bit, hopefully this afternoon. Got the little man with me today, so hopefully he gets a good nap and yeah. allows Dad to get a little work done and have the golf on the TV in the background, which is always a good thing. Flip on Golf Channel and part of my Thursday and Friday viewing. Hey, more than baseball anymore. Uh, during day baseball. Yeah. Your I mean, guy, by the, the way, Twins are playing. But... And they were playing last night, and I watched a lot of that yes. game. Yes. I watched good a start. lot of that. Jesus, I'll say. And the Louis Varlin. Yeah. Look out. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good series win mm-hmm. uh, for the Twins. Still t- only series. two games up uh, 500, though. Weird. Doesn't they, it they feel look, like they're, they're better they, than that? They do. It, that looks like a much better team. Now, again, White Sox scuffled yesterday. You called it. Lance Lynn on the bump. You bet against Lance Ooh. Lynn with uh, the stinks. utmost of confidence. <laughs> yes. Who's worse, him or Alex Manoa? I mean, Alex Manoa was in the All-Star game last year, Trent. And I know that people don't like me talking about the Blue Jays because it's not the most popular team. But you know what? A lot of people play fantasy baseball. Uh-huh. And if you do, there's a pretty good chance that on your list of pitchers you wanted to get was Manoa. And it was understandable. He's god Awful. So I was looking at the numbers last night. One and six record. Okay. You know, record. I turned the channel, Trent. I couldn't take well, it. I, I bet. I, I couldn't sure. take it. ERA north of five now. 5.46. Uh-huh. But the most, well, two most damning things that jumped out to me. His whip. What is it? 1.77. Hmm. That's unplayable. It is. For, and he's the race. Well, he's not, but. Usually when you see guys that have an ERA you know, north of five in that five, five and a half range, it's. No, their whip's about 1.5. 1. 1.77. God, awful. That is ridiculous. But the thing that makes you think there's something wrong physically with him, mm-hmm. he only has 48 strikeouts in 57 and two-thirds mm. innings pitched. But this is good. a guy that was well north yeah. of nine Ks per nine. Yeah. And that is not the case anymore. Find so, me an inning that he doesn't throw 20 or 30 pitches. I mean, he can't get through the fourth into the fifth inning anymore. Have they said anything? Velocity? Is that down? No, he was thrown in the mid-90s last night. Man. 
That's weird. It is weird. Breaking bell, maybe something like that. Not maybe. the same sharpness, not the same cut. Maybe they figured them out. Maybe there's a tell. Yeah. Uh, but uh, something is that going on That happens often, there. too. Sure. Yeah. Where you're tipping something mm-hmm. in. These major leaguers, they figure it out. Yeah, they do. And then they, they're not going to keep it to themselves. They're going to share it amongst their teammates. And, of course, they should and will. Speaking of that, we know all the staffers that Major League Baseball teams have. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading Chad Lysico's preview article for the Iowa baseball as they get ready for the regional tomorrow against North Carolina in their first game. Can they win their region? They can. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They have one of the best staffs in college baseball. Mm. They have one of the top Isn't offenses in college baseball. Mm-hmm. This team is really good. This is as deep of an Iowa team as Rick Heller's had. Hmm. This is absolutely their best opportunity. The last two times they were there under Heller, they had chances too. They won two games in, what, the Springfield Regional uh, one year. So they were on the cusp of getting there then. But this team, the depth of the lineup that they have. And when you go 1-2-3 with Marcus Morgan, Big Ten pitcher, Mm -hmm. first team. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we know Brody Breck. And when Ty Langenberg is your number three, there's not many teams in the country that have a number three as good as Ty Langenberg. Who will start tomorrow? It will be Morgan. Morgan? Morgan's going to get yep. the ball. And that's the thing with Heller. You know, it's interesting uh, hearing back to the Big Ten tournament. If they would have lost their opener to Michigan, it was not going to be Brody Breck pitching game two. It was going to be Langenberg. And it's the control. Yeah, that That's the part of it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Morgan, who also has struggled with his command this year. Those two guys are right. You look at, like, opponent's batting average. They're two of the best in the country because... People can't hit them. Right. How can they throw strikes? Right. That's the other part with both yeah, of them, too. You need to do that. And we saw Morgan struggle with that in his uh-huh. first outing against Michigan early on. He just didn't have that command. But with the depth that they have in the rotation, some bullpen arms that can do things differently, and for the first time in Heller's program, having the depth, one through nine in the lineup, it makes this team different. I think they got a great shot against Carolina. In fact, uh, it reminds me, I need to text our guy Jeff Benson out at Circa <laughs> because they put out a bunch of yes-no props to advance out of the region. Didn't have the Hawkeyes listed. Ah, Did have North Carolina okay. listed. We'll see if you can get the Hawkeyes up there and we can fire away on that one. Uh, you saw a pretty good pitcher last night in your high school baseball game, mm-hmm. uh, Easton Pratt. Uh, what, do you, what can you tell us about him? So Easton is their number two. Joey Oki, the future Iowa Hawkeye, is their number one. Mm-hmm. Oki pitched on Tuesday, had 14 strikeouts in that one. Wow. He's just piling up strikeout after strikeout. But when Easton Pratt's your number two, uh, you can see why. Where he, or who is um, knocking on his door? Is he gonna, he's going he gonna to do? Minnesota State Mankato. Okay. So he'll be uh, heading north of the border. He's a senior this year. Uh, really good pitcher, though, and good command. It can beat you a couple of different ways. He is mostly a fastball guy, but he really controls it incredibly well. And that Valley team, that's got some hitters, and they returned a lot of guys. Valley was preseason top 10, and they sit at 500 right now. But you think of the CIML now with the Iowa Allegiance, the city schools moving on along with Fort Dodge and Mason City and Marshalltown. One through nine. This is the conference now of the CIML. Southeast Polk, Ankeny, Ankeny Centennial, Valley, Dowling, Johnston, Urbandale, Waukee, Waukee Northwest. <laughs> For a sport like baseball, when's the night off? <laughs> really? This is, seriously. Yeah. And a schedule now that is set up, and they changed the way they schedule it. It used to be mostly Monday, Wednesday doubleheaders in conference play, and then you schedule around that. Now they're doing Monday doubleheaders, Wednesday a single game, JV Varsity, uh, five and seven o'clock games, and then a Friday night single game. I like the structure here. I think it has a little bit more depth. But if you're any of these teams, if you're not scheduling a couple of cupcakes, there's going to be a team, whoever finishes ninth this year in this CIML, 
will still have a real chance of being a state tournament team. Mm. That's how good wow. this conference is. It's great in pretty much every sport. Are you working Friday? No, going to be uh, off for the weekend, and we'll be back at it probably next Wednesday. I do like the JV varsity just because last night we started right on time. Perfect. Not always the case with those doubleheaders yep. as game one goes a yep. little bit longer. So I think we're going to kind of slide into that Wednesday roll right after Hawk Central and go at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays through most of the season. And then before you know it, it goes fast. And we'll Ugh. be in Iowa City for the state tournament. And then after that, it's my vacation. And where are you going? Uh, we're going to Dollywood. I, I did not pick this one. We're going to oh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. So we're going to head to Tennessee. And she has a, like an Adventureland type setup over there or something? Uh, apparently. Okay. What part of Tennessee? Uh, somewhere in the mountains. So this is the family trip. This is yep. where all my Are in-laws you driving? Go. We're thinking about flying into Nashville, renting a car, and then yeah, completing the trip that idea. way. And there's You can fly nonstop you to can, Nashville. Yeah, Legion's got to fly yeah, now. Yeah, so I thought so. Because of that. That's kind of the thought process uh-huh. behind it is the way that we're going to go. But it's fast season, and then when I get back, then football. we're all hands on deck. For all right. Uh, to me, June's the the drag. July's optimism, baby. Oh, okay. All right. It's here. We made it. It's football. But you don't get hockey. No, I know. you got got to give and take, though, right? Got to give and take. And we won't get hockey till Saturday night, but we'll get basketball tonight. And looking forward to this series. So is there a chance, Trent Condon? Uh, I think you said yesterday, whether it was doing our, when we taped our TV, Mediacom, or when we were on the air here, you said that uh, Denver in Game 5 is the most popular as far as betting uh, yes. proposition out there? Yeah, Nuggets winning the series in, in five. five. So win two at home, split in Miami, come back and win the championship in front of the home crowd. That is the betting favorite as it pertains to the series prices. In fact, let's bring up the exact series results here at Circa. Currently down to plus 212 now. Nuggets in five, plus 212 is the betting favorite. Next on the list, Nuggets sweep plus 405. Nuggets in seven, plus 420. Nuggets in six, plus 450. Give me the heat in four price. A sweep? Yeah. What big is that? 20 to one? Go higher. Really? 50 to one. Holy mackerel. In five, 26 to one. The betting favorite for the Heat winning the series would be in six. Is obviously because at home, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Plus 980. And Heat win it in seven, plus 1350. Oh, boy. I uh, saw a, an interview yesterday with Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the misunderstood athletes. And maybe it's a me thing. You know, the, the guys like Chris Weber, mm-hmm. um, you know, that fall into that category. Um, that you, for whatever reason, put them in the in, in the category where, when you learn what makes them tick more, you think, okay, I get it now. Um, Jimmy Butler's a competitor. Yes, maybe first and foremost. And I know that T Wolves fans, Bulls fans, you know teams that he um, uh, that he left Sixers, Sixers. Maybe you got a bad taste in your mouth because mm-hmm. of that. But the guy just wants to win. He just, I don't care about all the other stuff. Right. And he said as much. I just want to win. Um, he impressed me listening to him speak yesterday. I still don't care for him. No, I get it. Because of the way it ended in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And the way that he just completely shut down mm-hmm. and shut everybody out and became a problem to get out of there. I just don't like the way, but no, I get it. it works. In no. the NBA, that works. And no. we've seen that time and time out. It's not just a Jimmy way. Butler. No. It's not a Jimmy Butler problem. It's an NBA problem. And we continue to see this guy's wanting out. And the way they go about it, it's just, it has such a negative feel to it, the way that it goes about. And that was the case with Butler, but he's not alone 
on that island the way it sets up here. So what's going to have to happen? I mean, it's going to be, what, Strews hits a bunch of threes. Yeah. Robinson hits a bunch. Yeah. Is it just three-point variance? Hero's not going to be back until game three. Right. Is it just three-point variance, though, that he get incredibly hot, steal one of these first two games, yeah. come back home? Mm-hmm. Do they have to win it in six? Or could they win a game seven in Denver? What, could they, can they win in Boston? Game seven? But Boston stunk at home. True, but a lot they of... They had a losing record in the playoffs the last the two years. The Sharps were all over. Miami mm-hmm. on Monday night. But it seemed like the way that the, the game six ended with that, eh, call it a miracle, I think you can, buzzer beater, clearly. <laughs> um, and that had to just take that wind right out of me, you would think. But they came back and they, they didn't give Boston a chance. They didn't. They took control right away mm-hmm. and never gave it back. And every time that there was an opportunity, Caleb Martin would hit a shot. Right. And Jimmy Butler, it was Caleb Martin mm-hmm. that hit those big kind of run stops. Spolstra... I was so impressed with him after that game six. I mean, how devastating, as you said. You're mm-hmm. on, you are seconds away from getting to the finals and doing it at home. Tenths of second away. And he said on the podium, and it wasn't coach speak. It wasn't. No, I don't. I know where you're. I know where you're going. The false bravado yep. that we get from time to time. He said, "We want to tip the ball right now." Mm-hmm. And that confidence just permeates the Heat culture. I roll my eyes a lot of times at the culture talk from a lot of yeah. teams and programs that are out there. I, I think it is just that. It's cliches. There's not a lot of backing behind it. It's real in Miami. There is something different with what they're building. To do what with seven undrafted free agents. Remarkable. It's unthinkable in this yeah. NBA. And what did you say? They averaged 56 points to those undrafted free agents every game? I mean, think about that. You can't. It's just not a way that you build the roster in mm-hmm. today's NBA, mm-hmm. and yet they do it. And Spolstra deserves a ton of credit. Pat Riley, got to put him in the mix. Yep. There was a, one of their scouts I heard. I don't think beloved. there's a coaching edge in this series like there was in the Eastern Conference. Friday. I think this Malone can coach. Well, if Spolstra's an A. Yeah. Malone's... A minus. B plus. Split the difference. Yeah. Give him an A. You're a good grader over there. <laughs> Wish you were one of my professors. Yeah, yeah I didn't see a lot of A's when I went to school. <laughs> That's why you like to hand them out. Sure. A little bit easier to do mm-hmm. that. I think the gap is still, there's still a gap. Not certainly as significant as we saw the last round, mm-hmm. where it was it was not even Coach Pupil. It, it was Coach and kid that hasn't even started school yet. It was a preschooler against yeah. a professor in that one, and we saw that play out. Another thing that I, I heard going back to Game 7, is just how different the game plan was for Miami and what they did, both pick and roll defensively and pick and roll offensively, something that they hadn't done the six games previous, and that's that's a button. Not many coaches are willing to push into Game 7, but Spolstra, with the belief that he has and just the knowledge base that he has, when he got that job with Miami, I rolled my eyes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's a good-looking young kid. Yeah, yeah. And what he's turned yeah. into is incredible. Been there a long time. Been there a long time, and um, um, and the results speak for themselves. No, no doubt about it. All right, locally, real quick on this one, uh, Cody Goodwin. Moving on, another defection to Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Can you just stay away? What from is my guys? going on from Proctor to Skinny Kenny, hmm. and now to Cody Goodwin? Can you just leave us alone up what here? Sports radio station from Alabama is looking to take somebody from X and O here. Ken Miller. Yeah, right. Um, for a lie from Birmingham, but. Point being is another one goes, and Cody, you know what? I thought Cody Goodwin had a, I'm not sure future in radio is the proper way to put it. I think he's really good on the air. Yes, he is. And for that reason, I thought, you know what? Maybe there's a chance that um, he gets here. 
mm-hmm. at, at some point in, in in his career, should he desire to do so. But he's uh, obviously phenomenal when he covers wrestling. Yes, uh, that's his. Would you call it his strength? I mean, oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, he yeah. he's a guy that wrestled in high school. Said he kind of grew away from the sport. So Cody sat in for you, and he's in fact going to do that next week. Oh, good. Uh, he'll be in here next Thursday. Who's, so who have you got lined up next week? Do you have Cody Goodwin? Cody Goodwin. So you got Thursday, Thursday looked after. Uh, Tuesday. Tavian Banks and Tim Dwight are going to stop All by right. for an hour, so they're going to be in Good. here yeah. in the noon hour on Tuesday, working on a few other ideas throughout the course of the week. But Cody, when he's been here in the past, you know, he has said that he kind of, as he was going through wrestling, he didn't love it anymore. Mm-hmm. But he started writing about it in college, went to the University of Iowa, and got back into it, and that kind of reignited it. And what question I asked him, it was last year, probably about this time, when last time you went on your vacation, your summer getaway, and... I said, you've kind of hit the apex as a wrestling writer. Yeah. Is there a better job in wrestling than being the writer, the what wrestling would that writer? What be? I think that's it. USA Wrestling? Is there such a, there has to be such a There thing. is, and there's websites and things like that. Uh-huh. Andy, Ham- Andy Hamilton, who did, did the job before, uh, Cody Goodwin has his own site that uh, he works through. And there's other ones out there, but in terms of readership, in terms of visibility, I think this is the apex yeah. of writing about collegiate wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he got the job when he was 24. Right. <laughs> you know, kind of what's next? And Apparently this is next. That's, I could tell when the question was posed. He didn't come out and say it, but that this wasn't going to be it. That he wasn't yeah. going to do this for the next 30 years and then walk off into retirement. Mm-hmm. That there was going to be something different. And he does love other sports. He's a huge football fan. Grew up in Kansas City. Huge Chiefs fan, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. And you kind of get pigeonholed into that wrestling only kind of thing. You do. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes out and what Alabama football. That's yeah. his beat. That, that's a good one. That is a good one. That'll Alabama move the basketball, needle. not too bad either. They've been better. Yeah, they've been better. But football will move the needle. Well, good luck to him. And when he's in here, I wish him the best on yeah, my absolutely. behalf because I think he's he's really good. Uh, certainly writer, and he's terrific on the air. All right, we got a really a, a lot going on here at the iHeart stations around the country here today. Some phenomenal local deals, some of which, you better hurry up, folks, because I think there's some limitations as to how many of these are available. I guess I can go over and read some of these, Trent, mm-hmm. that, uh, that are out there right now, local deals on the uh, all-access day. Fong's Pizza, um, buy a $50 gift card for only 25 bucks. These are all the same. Wide. Royal Mile, likewise, $50 gift card, only $25. Hessen House, you like the Hessen House? They've got you hooked up. Lucky Horse Beer and Burgers, they're in, uh, in Drakeown. Um, $50 gift certificate for 25 Ken's Not-So-Easy Speakeasy. That's underneath what? Iowa, Iowa Tap Room, yep. right? Um, I've heard really a lot cool of good play. things about that. Yes. And you can buy a $50 gift card there for just 25 bucks. Kelly's Little Nipper. You remember when we did, yes, you do. We'll never forget it. Restaurant radio. Oh, absolutely. And we would bring on a bunch of restaurants and, and small businesses just to let uh, those business people know that, you know, even though you're not going to have customers for a little while showing up at your front door, people are thinking of you, and we put them on the air. Um, and I remember the segment very well. Uh, but Kelly's Little Nippers participating in this. Capital uh, East area, a $50 gift certificate for 25 bucks. You have a pet? Bark Shop in Urbandale, likewise. Science Center of Iowa. A whole lot of Learning Post toys in, uh, in Urbandale. A $50 gift card and a $10 gift card. A um, lot going on. Uh, at these local businesses, we put the spotlight on them. National stuff as well. We'll tell you about that. 
And the big one is the VIP experience for the Cyhawk game. So you can enter the sweepstakes for that. There will be two winners for this. Each winner will get two tickets to the Cyhawk game, September 9th. Uh, Also be accompanied by two members of our broadcast team. Team gear from either Iowa or Iowa State from Authentic Brand. And after the game, you get to go down the studio from us, WHO, and sit in and hang out with (laughs) Travis and Ross for Sound Off and hear and see well, we hear the goofiness on the air. Yeah, yeah. You'll get to see firsthand what it's like being in the studio after Cyhawk. How cool is that? And here's what you do iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. I think you'll see this map. Click on the state. Of course, we're in Iowa. Uh, click on Iowa. Yeah, there's a little drag down menu. So you right? just click on that, go down to Iowa. They have Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Davenport, Sioux City. And for people listening on iHeartRadio stations across the country and maybe you're outside the Des Moines area, you can also hit that up. But yeah, click on the drop-down menu. You'll go down to the state of Iowa and find your local spot there. And the Cyhawk game we know now, or now know rather, kicks off at 2.30. 2.30, perfect. You know, it was a busy day with kickoff times, wasn't it? Yes. Isn't it weird? You know, it, it's, it kind of, in a way, mirrors the NFL, those little nuggets that they give you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get all excited about the scale or the draft, we get kickoff times for a handful of our college football um, um, games, and we just giddy, right? right? Grin him from ear to ear. David Eicholt next. Bobby Hansen coming up on the on the finals. Who's he going to say reminds him of Jokic that he played against? Sabonis. Sabonis? Yeah. Elijah Wan? Mm, Elijah Wan wasn't that kind of passer. And a Better defender, okay. At least in terms of block shots. Duncan, maybe a little bit. Okay, I'm just trying to think of big men that played at that time. Patrick Ewing, no, no, not at all. He was a black hole. Yeah, he's a good player though. Yeah, well, he was a good player. Yeah, these are all good players. Yeah, but when the ball goes to him, it's yeah, he's not going right. No, I get what you mean. Sam Perkins, yeah, shoot it from the outside. I'm gonna. I wonder. So you're going. Sabonis. You're going Sabonis. All right. Well, we'll ask the question. Bobby Hansen, 1145. Miller and Condon till 1. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106 per throughout the day. For 75 years. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. It's kind of half listening to that promo. You can hop in Kyle and Cowherd's chair and take a what? Did you hear? No. Um, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three kicks. And I know I, I, it can't be what I thought I heard. Anyways, okay, I'm uh, sure not. Will that come up again, or can we replay the final few seconds of that? Uh, I could find it. Yeah. All right, uh, David Eicholt is going to join us. Uh, maybe he was listening uh, while he was waiting to come online here. Uh, David, welcome to the program. Trent and Ken, how are you? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's uh, you know it's been busy. By the way, I, I was telling Trent, I don't think anybody's like Jokic. I think he's one of one. I think Duncan yeah. cannot run that point forward. Maybe okay. Hakeem, but Hakeem was better defensively. But Jokic might be one of the more unique players in the history of the game right now. Uh, and I and I hope he struggles a little bit, <laughs> just because I want the series to pro, you know to go six or seven. Because I don't have um, a, a great deal of hope that we're going to have a lot of basketball left. I, I just don't see it that way. How about you? No, I don't either. I think it's going to be very kind of like the series back in 2001 when Allen Iverson was so dominant and so good, but he got one against the Lakers, but then the Lakers just kicked their butt the rest of the series. 
I think Jimmy Butler can get you one. I love the guy, especially in these yeah, playoffs. But too. the Heat are so injured, and, you know, Jokic is unbelievable. Not, no doubt about that. Well, let, let's start with the news of the day. I guess, um, you know, any hope that there would be an athletic director in place by the time that uh, you guys, the media, uh, convenes in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days and you get that uh, on the side of that media scrum with Barta over the years. He's been really good about uh, doing that. Uh, and uh, any hope that uh, his replacement was going to be there to, you know, play a similar role has gone out the window is I guess Beth doesn't even gets doesn't even become the interim director until August the 1st. Uh, this process is going to take a bit longer than I think maybe um, I had thought or maybe I had hoped. Yeah, I think that's accurate. But I'd also say this. I think Beth Guest is without a doubt the front runner. Oh, I do too. Job. I do think that there will be a national search. But, you know, Barta was, the retirement was effective August 1st. That's when Beth will step in full time, at least as the interim. But I, I think I mentioned this maybe to you guys or a couple other people. As long as Beth does really, really well in the NIL space, reaches out to Brad Heinrichs, the CEO of the Swarm Collective, something, by the way, that Gary Barta has never done, which is absolute insanity to me. As long as she runs the NIL Collective and at least works with them and really, really gets through football season and does really well, I think she is going to land the job. Again, I think that Iowa will do a national search, but you're going to be hard-pressed at least convince me that Iowa will do an outside hire if Beth really knocks us out of the park because she's been a finalist for several AD gigs. She's been a standing athletic director as well. She's very, very highly respected already within the program. I think it's without a doubt that she was the front runner, and I think everybody knew that she was going to be the interim uh, once Barta announced his retirement. Yeah, certainly no surprise she gets the interim tag. This is going to be, though, a nationwide search, and you kind of look around the Big Ten and see what has happened you know, there's been plenty of places where people have left big places in order to take over. How about Maryland? You know where they got their athletic director? Where? Georgia. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Jim Phillips, obviously, was at NIU before that. Bill Moose, he was at a power program at Washington State before he made his way to Nebraska. Wade Ward Manuel at Michigan, mm-hmm. he was at UConn before that. Seton Hall, before Pat Hobbs, before he went to Rutgers, and on and on and on. I mean, these jobs... Really, right now, there's only 32 of them, Big Ten or SEC. That's what matters. And I think Iowa has to understand what they have here, not only in terms of revenue and how good that athletic department is, but this is one of the plum jobs. I'm going to guess there are plenty of sitting (laughs) and respected Pac-12 and ACC and Big 12 athletic directors that see a job like Iowa and say, yeah, I want to throw my hat Mm -hmm. into the ring. Without a doubt. I mean, just based on talking to people within the industry, I mean, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that Iowa's not top 20 to 25 job in the country. Um, I think Iowa sports, like you said, the revenue-wise speaks for itself. I think the NIL has done a really nice job. But I'd also say this, Trent. I know a lot of people believe Beth Getz is a frontrunner, including myself. But I don't think I'm speaking hyperbole here. This is the most important hire in the history of Iowa athletics. Because, think about this. How many of Iowa's coaches are going to be there a decade from now, five to ten years? Is Kirk Ferentz going to be there? That's is a really good point. No. Is, Lisa, is Fran McCaffrey going to be there? Nope. Iowa is one of the best traits about the yeah. program, the athletic department, is its consistency. Mm-hmm. But you think about, what, five athletic directors since 1940, like four sports information directors, two football head coaches in almost 50 years. 
these are decisions that are going to have to be made that Iowa's fan base is not used to. Mm-hmm. The person who has to come in has to rule with an iron fist and will be making these hires. So I do think that, again, I think Beth is a fantastic candidate from everything I've heard. The nationwide search has to be very important because, again, this is going to be the most important hire in the history of Iowa athletics, especially when you take name, image, and likeness in consideration, the transfer portal and how much college college sports in general is changing. Uh, Hayden to, to Kirk. Uh, Dr. Tom to Alford to Licklider, to Fran, Mm -hmm. Vivian Stringer, to Lisa Bluter. Angie Lee. Angie Lee, okay. In between. Got her, you're right, yep. Um, Who was before Heller? Uh, That guy, before Heller. The the other, the manager. Yes. He was the iCubs manager, (laughs) But But point being, that's a really good point. Jack down. Jack down. Okay, that's a really good point, David. There's going to be, in the next decade, a whole bunch of... Uh, I mean, message boards are going to get a huge bump <laughs> because that's something that just doesn't happen in the, at the University of Iowa. There were coaches go there and and they they stay there. Yeah. So, I, like, I, like I said, I think it's going to be very important. Right. I think people need to keep that in mind. Again, I think Beth is the front runner, but I think it would be irresponsible to maybe not pluck a, a Pac-12 and ACC because. I know Big 12 fans don't want to hear this. I do think they're, they're making steps to stay relevant. Oh, they are. There's, there's no doubt in my mind one. they are. Yep. It, yep. They're, they're trying to do some things there. I do think they're in good hands. They're yep. much better hands than the ACC and Pac-12. I agree. But right now, at least next year, next two years, it's the SEC. Oh, no doubt. Yep. Yep. And so, but like you said, I think it's going to be important to have that nationwide search. But, again, Iowa fans are used to consistency. Yep. I'm very interested to see how the fan base responds with a little bit of uncertainty over the next half decade to decade or so. With that, the interim tag, when do we anticipate this is going to play out? Is it going to be during the fall these interviews happen? Is it waiting towards the end of next school year? And by the time we get to 2024-25 school year, that that AD will be in place maybe by next summer, something like that. How do you anticipate the timeline is going to look for this? Yeah, I'm still kind of digging into that myself, Trent. But, I mean, the other thing is I think it would be incredibly unfair to have an interim athletic director run for an entire year, do a fantastic job, and then just get the job taken away from her. It's a cruel business, for example. I see that. But, again, I do think at this point it's best to lose because if Iowa knocks it out in the football season, right, revenue is great. The athletics department's making good decisions. The PR, I'm very interested in how they handle it post-Gary Barta because that wasn't exactly one of his most endearing <laughs> qualities as yeah. athletic director. But if, if Iowa does a good job, if they make a Big Ten championship, if, you know, if Iowa potentially lands you know, some basketball transfers and they make some progress there as well, I think the interviews, I think there'll be a candidate list probably late fall, maybe December. I think interviews will take place early 2024. And I think there has to be an athletic director in place by March. I just, I, I think it's just way too far out to have an interim tag for six to seven months. I think it's almost a little bit irresponsible there as well. So while the interview process, I think, will be early 2024, I think they have to have a final decision by February or March. Otherwise, I just think kind of, what, what are you doing? Especially when it comes to long-term planning, UCLA, USC joining the conference that summer, you have to have a long-standing athletic director in place at that point. Boy, you said something that really got me thinking because I thought that this was, I mean, Beth Gates was almost home free in this search. But Trent, it can't be. It can't be. And, and because of the very fact that you just said it. Yeah. 
this the SEC and the Big Twelve. There's only thirty two of these uh, thirty two of these spots, um, and the ACC, the way they sit, and the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. I don't know who that athletic director would be. Minnesota got niche. Mark Coyle from Syracuse. I mean, don't. I I'm not. I, it has nothing to do with her. No, either. it's it, not. It, and it absolutely, it's not. not the slam dunk that I thought it was before we had started this conversation. For that very reason, these are coveted spots. And whatever the athletic director, what do you want to do as an AD? You want to make the hires. Yeah. You want to put right. your blueprint together and make it your athletic department. That opportunity, maybe more than any out of those 32 jobs, is going to be happening at Iowa. Hey, how about this, David? So, Iowa. Gets word from Kirk. He's not hanging it up anytime soon. He feels he's still got a good four or five years. And everybody from school president Wilson all the way down understands this. That Kirk isn't walking away anytime soon. How much input is he going to have in the new athletic director if that's the case? That's very interesting that you brought that up because I was just about to go there with whatever question you asked me next. <laughs> I think it's very important. And this is no, no shot at Kirk whatsoever because all the reputation he has and credibility to Iowa speaks for itself. But if you're looking at long-term for what's best for Iowa athletics, you need somebody that's going to come in and be not afraid to butt heads with Kirk mm-hmm. and really, really kind of pave their own path. And I'm not saying, like, threaten his job, fire him or fire Brian, because what if Iowa's offense is really good this year? What if, what if they make top 75, top 70 with all the new transfers they get, right? But you have to have an athletic director that's not going to bend the knee to Kirk, I think it's almost irresponsible mm-hmm. like that it because is. we've talked about it for years, right? Gary Barta was the face of Iowa athletics, but who really ran the athletic department? Yeah, Kirk. It, nothing was going by Kirk right. Parents, right? right? I think it's without a doubt fair to say. So I think Kirk can at least provide his input, but I also think that it should be up to the Board of Regents, it should be up to Barbara Wilson, and Kirk cannot be in the top 10 of this process. I think that's just incredibly irresponsible uh, from that standpoint because, again, I think the athletic director is going to be very important to not be afraid to butt heads with people and to really kind of pave their own path. And I don't want to say rule with an iron fist, but bring a fresh new perspective. And that's why, again, I think Beth Getz is a very good interim tag because she's only been at Iowa since September. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball uh, about to be front and center. What do you foresee happening as the uh, team will head to Terre Haute? Yeah, I think maybe it was a good thing that they lost the title game. I mean, I think that they've been red hot. The offense has been incredibly balanced. But I think this is a very good regional for Iowa. I think the toughest game is going to be the first game against North Carolina. But maybe the the loss that they had against Maryland, it's exactly what they needed to kind of get some rest and kind of rally back. So I'm very interested in what Rick Heller and company are doing. I think that was a really cool opportunity for them that they got a two-seed. But uh, I do like the draw that they got. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch tomorrow night. Final thing for you, last 30 seconds, Grant Nelson, the North Dakota State transfer, he exits the NBA draft, and he is now in the portal and available. Iowa was listed amongst uh, the teams out of their top four, at least early on. Does Iowa have a real chance here at Grant Nelson, or just not enough in the coffers to make that happen? Yeah, so I put a lot more info on HawkeyeInsider.com, so be sure to check that out. But I will say this, Iowa is very much a legitimate threat in this recruitment. Mm. Wow. We'll see if they can get a visit. I think Baylor is number one right now. There's a visit to Bama planned, but I would not be surprised if Grant Nelson makes a visit to Iowa. And if that goes well, I think Iowa at least has a 25 to 30% chance, maybe even as high as 40% chance to land Grant Nelson. It would completely change this team. Sure they go would. from 
I don't even know if they're an NIT team to absolutely yeah. an NCAA tournament team. That's how impactful I think Nelson could be. What a change that offseason, at least how you feel about this mm-hmm. squad going forward. David, great stuff. Thank you, as always, for jumping on HawkeyeInsider.com. Thank you, David Eicholt. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. You do the same. Good to hear from you. Uh, David Eichold on Iowa. Bobby Hansen coming up. News from Iowa State. That tennis coach, how do you say his last name? Sia Boomer is his first name, the guy who got the the Gatorade dumped on Mm -hmm. him when uh, Iowa State tennis tennis had that really good run. He's headed to Clemson. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Good for him. Absolutely. Good for him. He built a pro. They don't even have. A tennis complex. They I don't... saw that. You know what? I thought this guy, that this has to be a a, a a parody account. They play at the city courts in Ames. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing gonna... Clemson does probably. Uh, and now they've got a new coach. Uh, good for him. Congratulations on uh, taking advantage of that and moving on. Bobby Hansen will join us next. We will talk about these NBA finals that get underway tonight. Uh, Bobby Hansen uh, will join Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Exclusive offers. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until noon again. iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. iHeartRadioAccessDay.com. Uh, there you'll find all of the deals. We'll tell you about them in, uh, throughout the morning as well. Lots of big ones going on, yeah. including DraftKings happening. Oh, now you've got my moment. attention. Yes, I figured you'd like this one. All Access Day is also helping out with NBA Finals, a 50% profit boost. On any NBA Finals bet, we talked about some of them earlier. Maybe it's a series price that you like, something like that. Or even some of those odds that are a little bit longer. Maybe you just want the Nuggets to win the series. Well, with that profit boost, yeah. it's going to bring that price down a little bit. 50% profit boost. Again, go to accessday.iheart.com for all the details, including DraftKings. All right, let's get our friend Bobby Hansen in here as we pick his NBA mind. Good to talk to you, Bobby Hansen. How's your summer going? Hey, Kenny, just getting started, my man. So, uh, so far, so good. We've got our final daughter, our youngest daughter, married off a month nice. ago, and all the fun that goes along with that. <laughs> Extended fun. <laughs> and, uh, now we can relax a little bit. Trent and I uh, spent some time earlier in the program. Um, when we when we look back at your career, um, trying to figure, trying to determine, did Bobby play against somebody that has the skill set of the Joker? Um, you know, there's obviously some big, big, big there's phenomenal big men, uh, Hall of Famers uh, that you've played, shared the court with, uh, whether teammates or, or certainly opposition. Who does he remind you of that you played against, Bobby, if anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe not anybody. He, he, he's got such a unique skill set for a big guy. He, can, he moves well. He can shoot it, pass, willing passer, uh, put it on the floor, get to the basket. He doesn't play above the rim at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always he's down low pretty much, but he's got such long arms, good hands. You know, here's one that people are going to have to be maybe in their 70s, but a <laughs> teammate my second year, Billy Paltz, uh, the one played for. Yeah, New Jersey Nets with Dr. J, and then Houston, and finished with uh, Utah. But he was a skilled big guy like that before his time. St. John's guy, uh, come out of Long Island. But Billy, Billy was a good passer. Didn't have the shot, obviously, that Jokic has, the outside shot. But Billy had long arms, good hands, good feet. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, a good all-around teammate. But uh, Jokic is, is one of a kind. He absolutely is. I said Arvita Sabonis. We didn't get to see him at his apex when he was playing over yep. in Russia for a number of years. But what about Sabonis? Is he as close of a comp as he can come up with? 
Yeah, I, I think you're probably right on there. I mean, I love the kid. Uh, yeah, I do too. Yes, yeah. Plays in Sacramento. Yeah, he's he's a good one. I enjoy watching him if I can stay up. But uh, <laughs> um, Arvidas, yeah, there was another one before that. I'm 62, and and uh, there was another Russian player that was skilled, big guy. I can't remember remember his name right now, but he was on that 1980 would have been Russian team. But Sabonis came behind him. But Arvidas was hurt in the NBA. Uh, what I remember his time in Portland, it seemed like you'd see him before the game doing workouts, kind of like uh, the uh, later days of Bill Walton when he was with the yeah, Clippers right. in, in the early 80s. Yeah, you just didn't see him in the game much. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun to watch these guys play. It may not get the, the high ratings that everybody's mm-hmm. thinking about, L.A., Boston, but uh, Jimmy Butler, don't sleep on the Miami Heat. Uh, I've liked him since his days in Chicago. Yeah, he's clearly a leader, right? He's one of those guys, yeah. Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong, he elevates his teammates' game, right? He brings them along yeah. with him. Yeah, I heard a guy talk about that he radiates is what he does. Okay. It, it, it just confidence exudes from Jimmy Butler and, and sort of the no-nonsense attitude to guys. You know, they don't, they don't care about the media. They don't care about how people are picking them or – they just uh, let their game do the talking, and uh, Jimmy's tough, man. Tough upbringing, and come from where he uh, came from, and uh, to do what he's done. And, and I like the fact he's a he's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur. You know, he's found a little niche in the in the bubble down in Orlando, created a little coffee company, and kind of held them guys hostage for twenty dollars cups of coffee. <laughs> nice. He did back a couple of three years ago, but uh, the Heat got a lot of parts, and he got a great bench. Uh, I, I think both coaches, um, I respect both those coaches. They're, they're both genius coaches. Incredible what Michael Malone has done. And you got Ryan Bowen from Iowa on the bench there with Michael Malone in uh, in, in Denver. So um, it's going to be fun to follow this one and watch. A guy that uh, I'm so intrigued by in this matchup that very well could, could decide it if Miami's going to at least stay in the series is Caleb Martin. And those undrafted free agents, remember him at Nevada after starting at NC State, had a great run to the Elite Eight with his uh, twin brother out there playing for Coach Muss before he made his way to Arkansas. But how does this happen? Is it just, is it a hot streak, or is there more there with what you see from Caleb Barton? Yeah, I mean, he's he certainly dialed in for sure. And, and uh, yeah, to follow his progression, had to look it up yesterday uh, a little bit where he came from, and you just brought it up, North Carolina State over to to Musselman in Nevada, but uh, he was the difference in that Game 7, no doubt about it. So the country, the world, is going to see some new guys that they probably didn't know know about. Max Struss, mm-hmm. uh, the yep. young guy that was from the Chicago area, is another one that I'm sure you know, the casual basketball fan is not going to know about. But, uh, yeah, Caleb Martin is going to make a name for himself and going to make a lot of money uh, when, the, <laughs> when this season is, is all over. So that's the fun thing. You look at a guy like Duncan Robinson. I have a son-in-law that's a Michigan fan, and he keeps reminding me Duncan Robinson was a D3 guy mm. before transferring up to Michigan. And then uh, hasn't done great lately, but he got paid, and he could play a big role here in this series because uh, you're going to have to make three-point shots. And with the altitude out in Denver, guys are going to get tired. So you're going to have to have a, a deep bench. Did, did that affect you, Bobby? Do you, re- do you yeah. recall that being a thing? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Always, we used to vacation as a family out in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, so yeah. you're familiar with it. Maybe even a little higher up there. But I'd always get to, you know, go hike and then have to take a break and yeah. and then uh, get drafted by Utah. And that was about four thousand feet. Mm-hmm. You know, Denver's mile high, fifty two hundred feet up there. And it, it, there's a difference. There's a difference when you get running up and down a court. And that's back in that day. That's the way they played with Fat Lever and, and T R Dunn, Dan Issel, oh, uh, sure. Alex English. 
yeah, those guys were up and down the court. They're trying to outscore you. Doug Moe, the coach, uh, trying to score 125 mm-hmm. points. Yep. And, and seriously, you, you'd be like, uh, time out. I got, I can't breathe <laughs> right here. So, you know, these guys are getting to the end of the end of their, their season here. I read an article that somehow it affects them a couple games later, a couple days later, I should say. Your blood oxygen, you're just not getting that normal amount of oxygen in your blood. So, in modern medicine and the way these sports trainers are nowadays, they probably got got a remedy for that, but it will affect Miami, no doubt about it. I forgot about T.R. Dunning. Physically kind of reminds me of Jimmy Butler when, yeah. I, when I think back. Hey, Bobby, the game, speaking of difference, the, the game, uh, we see Zach Eady. He's coming back to school, uh, Purdue. Great, great for college basketball, and if you're a fan of just watching Big Ten basketball, Hunter Dickinson, he's coming back, not to the Big Ten, but to Kansas. Uh, point being is... Um, the game has changed so much. Will it ever go back? Do you think where I mean, Wembenyan is, is is a whole different animal, right? Yeah. Uh, but will it ever go back to being what it once was? You know, that guys that are seven foot are a prize commodity in the end uh, in the NBA. It's changed. Yeah, that's a hard question to answer, Kenny. I think the easy answer is no. I, I think once once we've gone this way, but you know, the world goes back and forth in a cycle, but. I feel bad for big guys that are talented like Luca Garza, right? Uh, Hunter Dickinson, uh, this guy Zach Eady. It's like there's got to be a place for these guys in the NBA for a few minutes. But um, I think Zach made a good choice. Come on back to Purdue, enjoy it. He'd be probably ranked number one in the country. Got a shot at a national title, shot at redemption after losing to a what 16 seed. I think yeah. they lost to this year. So um, I don't know. I, I, I basketball. I, I watch it. It's it's sometimes I, I don't make it a you know appointment TV if you will if it's not a big game like tonight's game or something but so many three point shots are, are shot out there and all these guys are just long and and that's that's the metric that they're measuring on at the NBA Combine is their length and their their reach and you know what are they, what what can be their upside and uh, I think it's paid dividends for the Murray kids. For uh, Keegan, obviously, and now Chris coming up in, in a couple of weeks, and we'll draft him just on the sheer upside and, and the length, the metric that he has. That kid's got talent; he's an athlete, and uh, it's just what the league is looking for now, and that, that's kind of the way it's gone. To Iowa basketball, and we were talking earlier with David Eichold about the possibility of getting Grant Nelson transferred from North Dakota State certainly would impact things. You obviously know Fran incredibly well, and that working relationship that you have with him. Transfer portal, he hasn't dove in head first. He's dipped his toe in there, got another one in Ben Cricky that looks to be a good fit with what they want to do. Is it as simple as Iowa doesn't have the finances to keep up with some of the programs out there in the NIL era? Or is there something more to it why we haven't seen Fran completely dive into the portal? Well, I, I think all everybody is asking about your NIL program. And I don't think Iowa has an unlimited fund of nil money there so fran will use it selectively and he's going to bring in people that are good character people people that are not going to be disruption in the locker room um i don't have any examples of that but they're going to do their research on on guys that you know and see if the guys like them kind of like luke used to recruit uh he'd ask us is the guy a good fit you know is he going to be a, a knucklehead or is he going to be a, a good teammate so i think number one fran is not going to you know upset his basketball team and if a guy's coming in and asking for money, he made a good point, I don't know, a month ago, he talked during the iClub circuit, was you know two questions. Do you want to play at a higher level, or do you want to play at a higher level and get paid um, like a lot of these schools are paying these kids? So 
The answer and whether Fran recruits them any further it probably is dependent upon that answer. Yep. If they're looking for the money, see you later. If they want to, you know, play up and try to prove and improve, uh, you know, their skill set, then then I was a great spot for them. But we're not going to be that spot where uh, you're just going to be dishing out money. You just don't have you don't have billionaires in the the state of Iowa that are that are Hawkeye people and believe in in mm-hmm. the fact that. You, you pay these kids. I, I'm all for NIL guys and doing mm-hmm. your work and, and somebody attaches themselves to you. But, but what the stories that we heard earlier in the spring, how, you know, the, the transfer jump in there and all of a sudden there's $300,000 coming your way. And it's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Bobby, last thing for you. And I, and I find it sad, quite honestly, uh, listening to, uh, to Pippen with his uh, remembrances of Michael Jordan and that era. I'm sure you've seen it over the last weekend. Um, it's just disappointing from a from a guy who just watched that, uh, watched those that whole Bulls run. Obviously, you were a part of it. Just to see how where it, where it's kind of ended amongst those two superstars uh, with that franchise. Yeah, it is unfortunate, and I did not see the, the latest one. I think it was on the Stacey King uh, on on his podcast. It might have been, but I guess I chose not to look at it. Yeah, I, I remember Pip for what he was. Pip was a leader. Yeah, uh, he liked. I was on the second team, right? So he liked to stay in there and kind of be the guy with that second team uh, would be our leader. You know, he put in his work, and but, uh, you know, he you – know, Chicago doesn't win those championships without Scottie Pippen. Let's right. not kid ourselves. But, yeah, to, to, I guess you'd call it sour grapes now and, and just sort of, uh, you know, spouting off that, uh, you know, I don't know if he's just trying to get publicity or what, but um, I did read his book called Unguarded, and he makes, makes some good points in there. On um, you know how during the last dance, I think he was unfairly portrayed mm-hmm. during that series, uh, maybe in a little bit bad light. If you if it was you, you kind of you know put the shoe on your foot, like yep. okay, I don't want to be talked about like that. But you know, he made a point in, in the in the last dance in our my my year year two game six. We, Michael's on the bench and Scotty and, and the rest of us, BJ and uh, Stacy Scott Williams and Cliff Livingston, we go in there and bring them back. And there wasn't any mention of that in the last dance. Yeah. It was just Michael came back in and won it all. And, and Scotty's point in the book was he could have made himself look so much better had he had just mentioned that they did it while he was on the bench because Michael was telling us to stay in there. Yeah. You know, you guys, you guys have got it going on. So he was a great teammate. But. Uh,